And uh, the doctors are kind of admitting him to monitor some levels with the change of medication. Uh, he wasn't expecting to be there this weekend. And the same way, I wasn't expecting to be here this weekend. Uh, so our prayers for sure go with Jim and uh, for sure bear with me this morning. Uh, this is the first time I've gotten to preach this close to Christmas. And I understand thoughts on Christmas. It's not celebrated everywhere, uh, not just around the world, but also in the church. So if you don't celebrate Christmas, that's okay. Uh, in fact, we, we should all celebrate Christmas every day. Uh, but it is pretty awesome to see how there's such an intense focus on the birth this time of year. Uh, so having said that, I love Christmas. Uh, I love the cookies. I love the snacks. I love the treats, the songs, the carols. Uh, in fact, I want help to settle a debate I'm having with a youth group right now. See, Christmas music started on 104.5, the star, not a sponsor, but Christmas music started on November 11th of this year. Is it acceptable to listen to Christmas music the first day it's available? This case, November 11th. Raise your hand if that's okay. My people. Uh, if it is not acceptable, raise your hand. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. Never mind. We're going to move on. Uh, but that's all right. But we have all these awesome Christmas traditions. Uh, again, we have the stories and the cookies and the movies and the songs, all that kind of wonderful stuff. But where we're going to start this morning is actually a symbol that I really like. Uh, we only see it once a year, especially on stage, and that's actually right behind me, uh, a Christmas tree. Uh, now, some people believe that the Christmas tree has kind of pagan origins, and if so, we're in a lot of trouble here. Uh, but I want to comfort you, <laughs> this version of the Christmas tree uh, actually has very different roots than that, pun intended. Uh, but these Christmas trees actually are rooted from Germany. Uh, see, legend has, if you want to go that far back, that Martin Luther, the, the German monk, was one day walking home <clears throat> on a Sunday night, working on a sermon for next time, and he looks up and he sees this beautiful sky full of stars. And he wanted to recreate that and remind himself and his kids about the glory of God and his radiance, so that's the first time that he put lights in a tree and candles and lit them. That's, that's how the legend goes. I think that's really cool. But it didn't take off in America uh, until around the 1800s when Queen Victoria would, would put an advertisement in a London paper. And when people saw this, the first decorated Christmas tree, and it really blew up over here. Uh, and that brings us all the way to today. Uh, we have some very interesting traditions. So I wanted to start this morning, pull the church a little bit. How many of you do a popcorn thing? Popcorn? Does anyone do one of those? See, I don't understand this. I don't, because if I had to smell popcorn in my house for a whole, it'd, it'd be a terrible time. I love popcorn, so I'd be like, like slurping like a spaghetti strain, like unraveling the whole thing, so it's not good for me. Uh, but we have different colored lights, we have different decorations. Uh, you may even remember as a kid going to school, they'd have you make an ornament for your parents for a Christmas tree. Uh, so actually, here's one from 1998. Oh, thank, I appreciate that, thank you. Uh, I made this for my parents, 1998. Kindergarten, Caleb and my handwriting was way better than it is now. Uh, and we have these that are like treasured memories, ornaments. So here's another one. Uh, and again, parents look back at this and smile. And I look back at this and weep, uh, but that's all right. But we have these, these traditions. In fact, some of you are even more worried. How many of you would know what to do with this? Who has the German hide the pickle thing? What a weird thing to do. I have no idea where that came from, but we have this tradition where you have this pickle ornament, you hide it, first kid to find it gets a prize. It's, it's a tradition that we have. Uh, but there's one more part of a Christmas tree uh, that will especially kind of kick us off this morning concerning our topic, and it's an awesome one. Uh, the piece de resistance is the top. So I present to you now the, the 2022 Christmas star guide, if you're looking for inspiration. Uh, see, in the, in the first picture of that advertisement in the London paper, there was an angel on top. So how many of you actually put an angel on top of your tree? Anyone do angels? 
We have a couple, yeah. Uh, this sphere in information is just a very basic, plain, no frills. What you see is what you get, angel. Uh, but you can also upgrade if you want to go more fancy. You can include lights, images. That's awesome. Ooh, that's good. Uh, if you really want to, you can just take a picture of Brianna, my wife, and put it on your tree. Uh, see, stop. She's not even here. That doesn't even count. <laughs> just tell her it was really nice. Uh, that's good. Uh, that's the angel part, but we also have the star. And this is where we focus this morning, because most people have a star. Who has a Christmas star on their tree? A few more. This is, again, the basic five points, straightforward, no frills. Uh, but this, too, you can upgrade to have these very fancier kind of Christmas tree lights and stars, yes. Uh, my family has had the same Christmas star since I was born, I think. Uh, how many of you have one that kind of looks like this? Anyone have that one? This is actually from my Christmas tree back at home that my mom sent me yesterday. Uh, and it is physically impossible to have this not be crooked, but it's a Christmas tradition. It's great. And some people get very creative with their Christmas star toppers. That's good. That's good. Uh, but the reason I wanted to focus so much on that is because of what it actually represents. Uh, see, this is my first ever Christmas sermon, and I think it's important to start at one of the coolest images I think we have in Scripture. That is the, the star that we talk about this time of year, the Christmas star. What we put on top of our trees, the angels and the stars representing this awesome story in Scripture. And I fully contend this morning that if we have the same habit of what we usually do, that during Christmas time especially, we hear these scriptures all the time. We know them like the back of our hand. But if we actually slow down for a second and really go in-depth as to what this represents and the stories that it took to get them here, to get these stories, it's one of the most incredible examples of the sovereignty of our God. It's so awesome. So to start, we're actually going to read Matthew 2 again. I know we just read it, but we're going to go again really quick. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, if that story was on its own, it's an awesome story. The beautiful one that we know, we see the nativity scenes, all the pictures, all that kind of stuff. But once you dig deep, uh, you have to go way farther back. In fact, to actually get to the, the origins of these magi, these people visiting, we actually have to go back all the way to the book of Daniel. That's where this starts. That's how far you have to go back to see where God starts connecting these dots to lead to this one moment and this star. In the book of Daniel especially, we know the story. Daniel is this Hebrew who was taken into exile with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know those stories, the fiery furnace and, and the lion's den. And while he's there, he's very gifted with 
interpreting dreams and having prophecies and having visions, all these kind of things. So much so, they put him in charge of a ton of the kingdom of Babylon. In fact, very specifically, in Daniel chapter 5, the king is having a terrible dream. And they call in Daniel to interpret. This is what that part of the story says. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came to the banquet hall. O king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and a wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, I say, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. This man, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. He'll tell you what this writing means. Again, that's such a small part in that story. But who was he in charge of? He was chief priest of the astrologers, the diviners, the magicians, what we call, in fact, today, the magi. So God has this one child, a Hebrew, Daniel, in this kingdom, and because of his exposure to these magi, they pass down this tradition because of what they hear from Daniel. Daniel has a specific prophecy about the Messiah in Daniel 9. It says, awesome pastor talking about how many weeks were to look as though they passed this down traditionally. So the magi in the New Testament had this tradition passed down to them too. And it's because of that exposure to Daniel, that long, hundreds of years before Christ was born, that they now know where to go. They know what time to look for. They know what to expect. That's God connecting these dots, and it's this incredible example of God's sovereignty. Because even there, we go farther back. We can go over to the book of Numbers, and we talk about the specific star. Numbers 24, starting in verse 15. Uh, this is a, an oracle from the prophet Balaam. You know the story of Balaam and the donkey? And the, and the walking and the donkey talking, which is pretty fascinating too. Uh, Balaam is this prophet that God sometimes speaks through, and this is what he says. Then he uttered this oracle. The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of one whose eye sees clearly, the oracle of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate, whose eyes are opened. This is what he says, and pay attention to how powerful this sounds. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. Years and years before Christ. In fact, this prophecy is probably relating to David first. But in Jewish culture and rabbinic custom, you, you apply prophecy to multiple places because it all fits. So imagine the words, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near, because out of Jacob a star is going to rise, and a scepter out of Israel. So that connection too, back to the Magi, back to Daniel, all the way going back, we have all these little dots that God connects of how powerful his sovereignty really is. And it's because of this star they know what to look for, which takes us back again to the book of Matthew chapter 2, where we have the story, they see the star in the east and they, and they follow it, but notice, they don't go to Bethlehem first. They just see the star and they know what it means, so they go to the city of the Jews, where they expect to find the king. They go talk to Herod and say, where's the one that's been born king of the Jews? And notice what they don't say. They don't say, where's the one who will become king of the Jews? Where's the one who will be made king of the Jews? They know. They say, where is the one who was born king? 
we've come to worship. When we saw his star, what we've been waiting for, what we've witnessed and had from our past, we've come to worship him. How awesome is that? And these magi are not Jews. They're Gentiles. They're our kind of people. But they come to where they think the king of the Jews is to bow down and worship him. So many boxes to connect. In fact, they bring their gifts of, of gold and of frankincense. But wait, there's myrrh. That was terrible. I'm so sorry. But they bring these gifts to the king, and they, they open them up before him because they bring these gifts, and they're very specific gifts. Gold, first, is just a great gift to give a king. It's royal. They bring frankincense, which scripturally is actually a key ingredient when you make the incense burned in the temple, the sacred incense, and myrrh, which again is the secret ingredient they use to make anointing oil. They bring all these gifts before the king. And they bow down. When they say bow down, they lay prostrate before the king. They lay on all fours on their stomach to praise this king. And even that is a sample of God's sovereignty because they follow the star, which is actually your Christmas star guide. Not the one in terms of what you should look for, but the ones that are actually guiding you places. Are you following that star? The Christmas star guide is the one that appeared for the Magi and actually led them to the king. The first time they saw it, it was just over Jerusalem. But then when they went and found out where it was going to be, they went to Jesus' house. And they followed the star and it stopped directly over the house where Jesus was. How awesome is that? They followed the star and it guided them. They saw God's direct interference in the natural world. And they followed that star because the star led them to the king. And they brought their gifts. They laid prostrate. What an incredible gift. And even that fulfilled scripture. If you go to the book of Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah 60. Another prophet, another prophecy. Arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense. And proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All these dots, all these prophecies that God just didn't orchestrate. It's because he knew what people would do. And all these flow together to the store to get us the Bethlehem star. The gold and the incense, the story we know. In fact, we've seen the nativity scene. We see the Magi there. They weren't there yet. They came after he was born because they were just trying to find the king. And it took time to get there. So they found him in his house with Mary and Joseph. And that's where this whole thing takes off because they followed the star. So the main question and the main point this morning is simply this. God is sovereign. Through this entire process, he has all these dots connected. Through prophecy, through scripture, from hundreds of years before Christ was born, all this took place just as he knew it would. How awesome is that? Even this simple story, we know like the back of our hands. We know the Christmas story, but dig so deep to see how far God's sovereignty goes. So the main question I pose to you is, are you following the star? Are you letting God lead you to where he wants you to go? 
Because the Magi followed and it stopped at the king and they came down, they bowed down and they worshiped him. They brought their gifts that they could. Are you doing the same thing today? Are you following the star because it will lead you to Christ? God's direct interference in the world. The star has been born. The king is here. And so when they say that they they felt joy in their hearts, do you feel the same joy? When you think of our Christmas star, are you overfilled like they were in praising God with all of your might because they saw the star, they saw the king? Is that you too? So again, this morning, it's, it's a very simple thought. God is sovereign, so follow the star, and he will take you where you need to go. He'll take you to the feet of the king, where you can bow down and present your gifts that you can give him and sacrifice and lay prostrate before the king. Merry Christmas. Is that you? Because the hardest part, too, to mention next is what happens next in the story. Uh, See, it actually doesn't stop there where just the Magi come and it's a happy ending and they see the king and it's great. Uh, In fact, the next part's actually heartbreaking. So that's why it's so important to remember to follow the star despite all things happening on earth because what happens next is tougher to talk about. We don't include it in the nativity story. See, after Herod found out what the Magi did and didn't come back to him to tell him what the baby was, uh, Herod decided to give the order to kill all babies two years old and younger, the range that Jesus would have been in that time, because he didn't want another king in his territory. He wanted to be king. So he called the order to kill all those children in Bethlehem because he didn't want the king of the Jews to come in and take his power. That's a heartbreaking part of the story because humans do wicked things. But that doesn't hinge on you to stop following the star. You keep on following the star despite what people do in the world because people will do people things. But God wants you to follow godly things. So what happens in this next year, no matter how bad things could get or scary or terrifying or divisive, just as it has been the past couple of years, mind you, keep on following the star. Because the glory you'll see is so beyond words. What the, what the Magi saw was the king of the Jews, the, the, the Messiah, the Christ, who's finally coming. They were Gentiles. Again, he's already doing his job as a baby, bringing all nations together. When Isaiah said all nations will come to you, he's not talking about the one, the Israelites. He's saying all nations will come to you and they will bring you gifts. He's fulfilling his prophecy as a baby. There's one more part of the Christmas story that I want to talk about. That's, a, that's such an awesome story that, again, we, we know the, like the back of our hand. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. Starting in verse 8. Again, a story you may know very well, but just listen as hard as you can. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, And gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had been told and all about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. We know that story, but imagine being one of those shepherds. And there are so many points in scripture where I wish I could see how it actually worked and actually witness the scene. This is probably close to the top of the list. A shepherd has a pretty mundane life. Watch the sheep. Sheep are very dumb. It's got to be boring, I'm sure. But imagine having your normal job, starry night sky, and all of a sudden, an angel appears. And you are terrified because angels are scary things when you read scripture. But it says, don't be afraid. Something wonderful has happened for all people. The Christ is here. The king the Messiah, the one you've been waiting for, it's here, it's, it's, it's happened. You're going to see, you're going to find it. Here's the sign, it's going to be a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, a very specific place to put a baby. And they go and they see it, and they're so amazed at what they saw. They spread the word because the Messiah is finally here. Again, Merry Christmas. And then the starry host opens up, and then the whole host of heavenly angels starts singing and praising God. Glory to God in the highest. And especially this part is the biggest challenge this morning. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Notice it doesn't just say peace to all men. It says in peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. They're very honest about how it works. And if you're curious as to if God's favor rests upon you, go back to the question, are you following the star? Are you following God's divine intervention in your life, leading you to where Christ is, the foot of the king where you can lay down and give gifts and praise and glorify all the way home with such joy in your heart? Is that you? Imagine the scene. Imagine having the angels sing, glory to God in the highest. Are you following the Christmas star? Not just during Christmas, but every day of your life. That's the challenge this morning. Straightforward, no frills, just like the stars we have on our trees. But it's a challenge for all of us. So in a moment, we're actually going to stand, and we're not going to sing yet, but we're going to read something together. Uh, something that I find very important to read, especially with what we just heard. But don't forget your Christmas star guide. Don't forget the thing that, that's guiding you somewhere and wants you to, to find your place next to Christ to glorify him, to give him praise, to feel that joy. Christmas is known for its joy, but sometimes Christmas is tough on a lot of people. So fill that with Christ and follow that Christmas star. So in a moment, we're going to stand together and we're going to read. We're going to read the same blessing that this angel poured upon these shepherds, pronouncing the birth of Christ, the birth of the king. We'll read it together and mean it together. Let's stand and read. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Never stop following that Christmas star. Let's sing.